been the perfect embodiment of a dried-up spinster, with her spectacles and forbidding skull, and her stern hyphen of a mouth. Her spine was as unbending as a fireplace poker, and her hair, the dull brown of apple moths, was always pinned back too tightly. The Grim Reaper, Leo, had nicknamed her, despite the objections of the family. But the past year had wrought a remarkable change in Marks. She had filled out, her body slender, but no longer matchstick-thin, and her cheeks had gained colour. A week and a half ago, when Leo had arrived from London, he had been absolutely astonished to see Marks with light golden locks. Apparently she had been dyeing her hair for years, but after an error on the part of the apothecary, she had been forced to abandon the disguise. And whereas the darker brown locks had been too severe for her delicate features and pale skin— her own natural blonde was stunning, which had left Leo to grapple with the fact that Catherine Marks, his mortal enemy, was a beauty. It wasn't really the altered hair colour that made her look so different. It was more that Marks was so uncomfortable without it. She felt vulnerable, and it showed. As a result, Leo wanted to strip away more layers, literal and physical. He wanted to know her. Leo had tried to keep his distance while he pondered the ramifications of this discovery. He was confounded by his family's reaction to Marks, which amounted to nothing more than a collective shrug. Why weren't any of them even a fraction as curious about her as he was? Why had Marks deliberately made herself unattractive for so long? What the devil was she hiding from? On a sunny Hampshire afternoon, when Leo had ascertained that most of the family was otherwise occupied— he went in search of Marks, reasoning that if he confronted her in private, he would get some answers. He found her outside in a hedged garden filled with flowers. She occupied a bench at the side of a graveled path. She was not alone. Leo stopped at twenty yards' distance, drawing into the shade of a heavily foliated yew. Marks was sitting beside Poppy's new husband, Harry Rutledge, they were engaged in what appeared to be an intimate conversation. Leo's mouth fell open as he saw Marks reaching beneath her spectacles with a delicate hand, as if to wipe away a tear. Marks was crying, in the company of Harry Rutledge, and then Rutledge kissed her on the forehead. Leo rubbed the lower half of his jaw as he considered what to do. Poppy's happiness was more important than any other consideration— before he went dashing over to beat his sister's new husband to a bloody pulp, he would find out exactly what the situation was, and then, if circumstances warranted, he would beat Rutledge to a bloody pulp. Rutledge stood and went back to the house, while Marks remained seated on the bench. Leo walked toward her casually, not missing the way she stiffened at the sight of him. "'Care to explain what that was all about?' The sun glinted on the lenses of Marx's spectacles, momentarily obscuring her eyes. "'You've been spying on me, my lord?' "'Hardly. Whatever spinsters do in their personal time doesn't interest me in the least. But it's difficult not to notice when my brother-in-law is kissing the governess out in the garden.' One had to give Marx credit for composure. She showed no reaction, except for the tightening of her hands in her lap. "'One kiss,' she said. On the forehead. It doesn't matter how many kisses or where they landed. You're going to explain to me why he did it, and why you let him. 
and try to make it credible, because I'm this close. Leo held his thumb and forefinger a mere quarter inch apart, to dragging you bodily to the coach road and putting you on the next cart bound for London. Go to the devil, she said in a low voice, and sprang to her feet. She had taken only two strides before he caught her from behind. Don't touch me! Leo turned her to face him, controlling her easily. His hands closed over her slender upper arms. As he held her, the innocent scent of lavender water rose to his nostrils. There was a faint dusting of talc at the base of her throat. The fragrance of her reminded Leo of a freshly made bed with pressed sheets. And oh, how he wanted to slip into her. You have too many secrets, Marks. You've been a thorn in my side for more than a year, with your sharp tongue and your mysterious past. Now I want some answers. What were you discussing with Harry Rutledge?